Welcome to the King's Church Podcast. We are an ACC church based on the Gold Coast in Queensland, Australia. We'd love for you to join us on any given Sunday. In the meantime, we hope this message blesses you. Hello there, everybody. My goodness. It's, uh, we're living in very strange times, trying times, and it's great to be able to come from, from the uh, you know, comfort of my own home. In a few days, it's going to be Anzac Day. And so I'd like to talk to you a little bit about our Anzac forefathers. First of all, what could we learn from our Anzac forefathers? What could they possibly teach us today? You know, you can go anywhere you like in this country, and I guarantee you, no matter the largest city to the smallest town, and there somewhere, there'll be an Anzac monument. And on Anzac Day, maybe not this year, but normally, there'll be an Anzac service. So, you know, and what can we learn from our Anzac forefathers? I'm not talking about glorifying war. You know, but just honouring these men and women and the sacrifice that they made. Uh, in Second Timothy, if I could read from, from the Word, because some people think, well, it's not right. The Bible says, thou shalt not kill. It doesn't actually. It says, thou shalt not murder. But in Second Timothy, he writes, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And in the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Then he says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Man, make no mistake about it, we are in a war. This corona thing, this virus thing, we are in a war. It may not be with a physical enemy, but an unseen, a demonic enemy, but we are in war. And there are going to be casualties, of course. So what can we learn from our Anzac forefathers? You know, my, my father fought in the last war, fought the Japanese in New Guinea. My, my mum's brother won the military cross on Kokoda for courage and coolness under fire. And if you go to a place called Ishurava today and stand there, look out where uh, 110 young Australians took on up to 2,000 Japanese and eventually they actually won. And, uh, you know, we're Second World War. We're under threat of invasion by the Japanese. The Japanese are coming through across the Owen Stanley Ranges. Eventually they see the lights of Port Moresby. And if they can take Port Moresby, they can launch an invasion of this country. Uh, possibly more than any time in our history, we were under threat of invasion. And if you go to Ishurava today, where one of the most horrific battles took place, and see the Anzac Monument, there's just four words that sum up the Anzac spirit. One is courage, one's mateship, one's sacrifice, one's endurance. All of those are biblical principles. Think about it. Courage. You know, courage is not just the absence of fear. If you've never had fear, you're either a liar or had a lobotomy. Courage is not just the absence of fear. It's suck it up and tough it out, even if you've got to do it scared. And so let me read to you here from my book on the Anzacs. And here, this is an actual uh, uh, first-hand account. This young man writes, I prayed a lot. I believe in prayer. I know my mum and dad are praying for me. That helps a lot. But of course, we've got our mates. When you've got good mates, you don't leave. It's called a brotherhood. We got a message from Port Moresby yesterday that we're going to have to stay here and fight to the death. Now think about this. 17, 18-year-old, virtually never hardly had any life, you know, and now he's told, stay and fight to the death. That's horrifying, I thought, he says. I won't see my family again. I'll never see Australia again but I'm prepared to stay here and fight with my mates to the finish because that's my responsibility as the man of the family. That's courage. That is courage. 
You know, today, sadly, you know, the world is just inundated with panic, with fear, and we could learn something about courage. Just think about that. You know, just just a simple courage standing up. Even the church is sort of panic-filled as well. And, uh, you know, we can take an example of these young men. Hey, I know what fear is all about. We lost our house in Cyclone Tracy in 1974. I've never been so scared in my life. You know, our roof started to lift off. Our house started to just be destroyed. We got our four kids and ran across to the neighbor's house and that was destroyed too. And I thought I was going to die. I, Jen had more faith than I. She thought we're coming through it. But hey, I thought we're going to die here. Right now, I made my peace with God. So I know what fear is all about. But courage is just suck it up and tough it out and do it, even if you've got to do it scared. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, God's not given to you a spirit of fear but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. If ever there was a time the church really needed some courage, surely it's now. You know, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. I love that. Think about it. So the first thing is courage. It's a simple thing called courage. The second, you know, the thing that sums up the Anzac spirit is mateship. If anything sums up the Anzac spirit, it's mateship. The code of the light horse, First World War. My grandfather was a light horseman was you never left a mate under any circumstances. That's biblical. You know, Jesus says in John chapter 15, 13, red letters, greater love has no man than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. Not just inconvenience himself, but actually lay down his life. These young men laid their lives down for one another. They didn't fight for country. They didn't fight for the king. They fought for each other. And I love that. You know, we live in a very selfish society today. We maybe one of the maybe few blessings of this entire lockdown isolation is we're actually starting to speak to each other some more. We're actually seeing more of family, taking care of our families and things like that. It's a biblical principle called courage. You know, I saw T.D. Jakes, you know, the great Bishop T.D. Jakes. He was being interviewed by, by Brian Houston from Hillsong some time ago and I was watching at the end of the service, Brian asked him, he said, Bishop, what would you like to be remembered for? Biggest church, best preacher, front cover of Time magazine? I thought this would be good. And Bishop T.D. Jakes leaned over and he said, Brian, I'd like to be remembered as a loyal friend in an age of relationship deficits. So we can learn something from our forefathers, uh, truly about mateship, never leaving your mates. You know, First World War, Light Horse, I did the book on the 800 Horsemen, I interviewed one old fellow, he said he he saw his best friend shot off his horse. He said, against direct orders, I could be court-martialed. He said, I spun my horse around and galloped back. Everybody's going past, bullets are going over my head, smoke, gunpowder. He said, I galloped up and I see somebody laying on the ground. I galloped up and grabbed him by the belt and swung him up behind my horse and galloped back. And he said, when the dust settled, he said, I realised I picked up a Turk by mistake. So I hit him on the head with my gun butt and went back to find my mate again. Do you have a mate like that? If you don't have a mate like that, you need to be a mate like that. You know, as I say, the Bible also says we don't have friends because we don't show ourselves friendly. We live in societies and streets where we build big, great big walls. We don't even know our neighbours. We want to go to Afghanistan and India to minister. We don't even know half our neighbours in the street. And I believe that we can learn this from our our, our, our Anzac forefathers. Man, just think about that. You know, mateship, we don't even know what the meaning is anymore. It's hijacked by the media, by the politicians. It's a biblical principle. 
You know, you'll find Paul writes about Onesiphorus. He writes about, uh, I can't think of the other one's name, Onesiphorus, and it'll come to me in a minute. But he talks about, he says, you know, everybody else has left me. Everybody else, he says, has left me. But only Onesiphorus has stayed with me. And he says, you know, hold such men in high esteem. I like that. So even, you know, even the great apostle Paul had everybody turn against him. But like Onesiphorus and the other one, Ephrodites it is, were the only two that stayed loyal to him. I like that. So we can, you know, we can learn something about our Anzac forefathers. Courage and mateships, sacrifice. As I say, you know, it's maybe just a cute cliche that we don't really even understand anymore. But it's biblical. David and Jonathan, think about this. You know, what's going on? You know, David has killed Goliath and is supposed to have a tax-free incentive and the hand of the, the princess in marriage. Instead of that, he's running for his life. And you find that David, uh, sorry, Jonathan stays loyal to David. At the end of his life, do you find that they're loyal to each other. The Bible says they cut covenant together and they became lifelong friends. Later on, see, true mateship even goes beyond the grave. Later on, Jonathan's killed, remember? And now David is king. He says, is there anybody left of the household of Saul that I might show some kindness for Jonathan, my friend's sake? There's one boy left, Meshibbeth, lives in Lodibar. And if there is anybody left, it's a threat to David's throne. And David says, get him, bring him in. So Meshibbeth thinks he's going to be killed, but he brings him in and David says, I'll restore everything you've lost. Your fortune, your land, you'll put your feet under my table, which means I'll treat you like my son. All of this, not because of who you are, but because of my love for your father, Jonathan. Now that's mateship, biblical mateship. It's the basis of our society. It's what holds our whole society together. Unfortunately, in these last days, we're going to see betrayal as we've never seen before. Betrayal of friends. You know, there's no betrayal like a betrayal of friends. So think about that. It's not just mere acquaintances. You know, you might have many. Here's another gem. You know, you might have lots of lots of acquaintances. But if you have more than five true friends in your lifetime, you're doing real well. You know, not just acquaintances. That's just anybody, but true loyal friends. Value those friendships. What can we learn from our Anzac forefathers? Courage. We can learn something, as I say, about mateship. Mateship, it's a relationship. There is no relationship without trust that we need to be able to trust each other. I remember we went to the SAS in Perth and I gave them a whole lot of books. They gave me an SAS beret and all that. I loved it. And I was asking the commanding officer, what, what do you look for in these young men? He said, well, naturally, they have to have certain qualifications, educational, physical. But he said the main thing we look for is what they call that Anzac spirit. He said, these young men have to be able to trust and rely on each other. And he said something I found very interesting. He said, that's the thing we find the hardest because in this generation, there's so many, you know, just selfish individuals that just want to, you know, self first. The hardest thing he said to find is people that you can really rely on when the going gets tough. You know, and uh, I remember Years ago, my wife's, one of her best friends was dying of cancer. And Jen went in to visit her in the hospital. And uh, she rang me up and she said, Honey, I'm here with my friend and my friend's dying, but she's dying on her own. And she said, it shouldn't be like that. And so she said, do you mind if I, I've asked the doctor if they can put another bed into the ward and I'll stay here and I'll eat here. Because if my friend dies, I don't want to die on her own. 
you have a friend like that? And so I remember my wife saying, and one of the daughters had shown up, but she was saying, nobody should have to die alone. You know, one of the sad things about this whole coronavirus things is many of the people are dying on their own. I was watching a news thing in New York. These people, because they're in isolation, they can't even have their families around them when they're dying. Nobody should have to die alone. And my wife was just saying, you know, she was there when her best friend went off to heaven. They're holding hands and they're worshipping God. And she went off to be with the Lord. Do you have a friend like that? If you don't have a friend like that, you need to be a friend like that. So what can we learn from our Anzac forefathers? We can learn something about courage in a world that very knows very little about courage. We can learn something about mateship in a society that's very selfish and individualistic. You know, I read recently on Time magazine that the average person today takes 48 minutes of selfies a week. That's seven minutes a day of total narcissism. Don't you know what you look like yet? Remember when we actually used to take photos of other people? Anyway, you know, I'm talking to a camera here and my wife, so that's my, that's my congregation at the moment. But I'm talking to you people out there, I know that are watching. You know, so as we say here, we're talking about what we can learn. Man, when I think about this, our forefathers, there was one man called Bruce Kingsbury, just a young man. The Japanese are advancing. And, and Bruce Kingsbury won the Victoria Cross picks up a Thompson submachine gun and runs at the Japanese. Just one man. And I, from memory, took out something like 30, 32 or 3 Japanese. One man on his own. And just started to push them back. And he was shot by a sniper and eventually died. But his sergeant uh, spoke to him. He said, you know, Bruce, he said, what would make you do that? What, what, what would be the motivation why we'd do that? Everybody else, you're the only one that moved. And Bruce Kingsbury said, well, sir, he, just, he said, I had a thought. I'm the only person that stands between these Japanese and my mother and my family. It's my responsibility as the man of the family. Courage. Stand up. Speak up. Refuse to shut up. I like, the, I like Nehemiah. We don't have time to turn there, but if you've got your Bible, you can turn to Nehemiah. And they're built, rebuilding the wall. You remember the story? And so they need to motivate the men. You know, what motivates a person to stand up against unbelievable odds? Courage. Mateship. And so they need to be able to motivate the men. So Nehemiah takes the men and he stands them in front of their own families. The Bible says that. And he says, I said to the men, he says, in, let, me, let me ad lib, whether we live, whether we die, whether we win, whether we lose, depends on not whether you've got the guts to fight. And if you won't fight for any other reason, then fight for your sons and your daughters. If ever there was a word for the church, I believe that's it. Nehemiah chapter 4, around about verse uh, 16 somewhere, Look it up for yourself. He stands them in front of their own families. Isn't that interesting? You know, the Bible talks about that. If a man doesn't provide for his own family, he's worse than an infidel. Think about it. New Testament. That word provide is a Greek word, pronoio, which means, yes, it means that food and clothes, but it also means to lay down your life. So it's a biblical instruction. Courage. We're going to need some courage in these last days, let me tell you right now. I believe with all my heart. We're going to need some courage. We're going to need some men and women. And sadly, it's more often the women that have got the courage than the men. You know, as we say, we're looking here and at the Anzac Monument in Isharava, those four words, courage, mateship, sacrifice. There's an interesting word, sacrifice. I did a book on an Anzac chaplain called William Mackenzie, Fighting Mackenzie. What an awesome man. Won the military cross 
served four years in the front line trenches, was wounded, buried alive, led three and a half thousand young men to the Lord in combat. And I, I, I love it, you know, one story there, <clears throat> he's just talking about, you know, laying down his life for these young men. Man, just awesome. They, they're, they're in the, the trenches on Lone Pine. The first two waves have gone over and been shot down, if you know the story. Mackenzie's in the front line, just praying and witnessing to the men. The commanding officer comes up and says, Chaplain, you're not even supposed to be in the front line. Get out. Mackenzie, six foot five, stands up to his full height and he says, Sir, I'm not a rebellious person, but sometimes you've got to answer to a higher authority and you're not it. I'd follow a man like that. What an awesome bloke. He turned to the young man. He says, I've lived with you. I've eaten with you. I've prayed with you. And I'm not afraid to die with you. And when the whistle blows and you go over the top, I'll be right alongside of you. He's in his mid-40s. What would that mean to a 16, 17-year-old boy that's never been off a farm in his life to have a man stand alongside of him as a father figure to him? It's called sacrifice. Courage. Mateship, sacrifice, and the other thing is simply endurance. You know, and I believe in these last days, it's going to take some endurance. It's going to take some sacrifice. You know, there's so much there that we can learn. As I say, that William McKenzie, I actually sent my book to, uh, to Russell Crowe. I said, this man would make Indiana Jones look like a wimp. And I just thought he might make a movie of it, but I never, ever heard anything back. What an amazing man, though. Three, three and a half thousand men, young men, he led to the Lord in combat. When he came home to Australia, 50,000 diggers turned out to welcome him. He was the second most popular man in this country to Prime Minister Billy Hughes. And there probably wouldn't be a handful of people in this country even know what I'm talking about. A couple of years ago, I went back to uh, Bundaberg, where he had been a stockman, where he got saved in the Salvation Army Church. And... Uh, They've got a, a monument there to Bert Hinkler, which is great, the flyer, but there's nothing whatsoever for William McKenzie. And I actually said to the mayor, I said, you know what? I said, it's really a disservice that you did this awesome man. There's not any recognition for him whatsoever. At least there should be a monument to this young man. I just hope that they've done something since. So, you know, the more that I think about that learning from our forefathers, our Anzac forefathers, let me read you here again. This is the attitude that these young men had. He writes, I emphatically believe in looking after number one, but number one's not yourself, it's your best mate. The feeling mateship gives you when you're at the bottom of the barrel and along comes those, mate of, those mates of yours. Often they don't say anything, they just sit there with you. It's like a husband and wife holding hands on one another's deathbeds. In the times of crisis, words aren't necessary, it's just being there. In this day, you know, the days we live in now with the crisis, and it's certainly not going to end all that quickly, I don't think. We need each other possibly more than ever. And something we can learn, not glorifying war, but looking back and giving honour where honour's due to our forefathers. Those Anzacs, young men and women that laid their lives down for you and I, so we would live in absolute peace now. And if you go to Ishirava and stand on that, on that bloody battlefield, and look at that monument and simply says courage, mateship, sacrifice and endurance. Hey, and I believe we can learn from that. God bless.
Thank you so much for joining us. Stay tuned for new messages weekly. You can keep updated on what's happening in the life of King's Church by following us on social media at King's Church GC. Be blessed.